It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. More changes coming to the Philadelphia Flyers. Dave Scott is set to step down as chairman and governor of the Flyers. What's it mean for the team? Let's talk about it all right now. This is the Orange and Backcheck Podcast with Bill Kornfeld and Scott Weinhardt. It is episode 147 of the Orange and Backcheck Podcast. As always, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network and DraftKings Sportsbook. And a guy who has seen the Flyers not once, but twice live in person, Scott Weinhardt. And you're still here. How are you, sir? Hey, this past week, it's been great. It's actually been a lot of fun to watch. I'm not going to lie to you. It's been a pretty solid week. I was there for when they beat the Panthers 6-3, to and then when they shut out the Red Wings on Saturday, I took the boys to their first game, and, uh, you know, it was uh, their first ever Flyers game, and they had a really, really good time with it, and, you know, Sawyer, he still is a Penguins fan and a Rangers fan, but he said the Flyers are a favorite team this week and all that stuff, so... uh you mentioned them first, so he's very. Um, I, I'm. I'll, I'll live with that for now. Well, I mean, if they saw them win, uh, you got to take them to the next game and the next game and ruin our tanking chances because they're good luck. Well, listen, listen. I'll be honest with you. The first game I ever saw live was a shutout against the Islanders back in 2001. The second game I ever saw was in person was against the Wild in 2001. It was also a shutout. <laughs> and then uh, the third game I was supposed to go to, but I didn't go to, was a shutout. I didn't see him get scored on until like 2003 when I went and watched him against Chicago. Where's and I'm like, that oh banner? man, what, what's that? Where's that banner? Oh, I, that right? Put, That's what I'm put saying. Put that banner up in the, in the rafters you, of the Wells Fargo Center. There's something with with me and my family <laughs> of going to games and the first ones are shutouts. Like it gotta. So you know, if anything, I'm lobbying the Flyers. Be like, hey man, give us season tickets and I was we'll, say, well, you know, Carter Hart will be the MVP of the world. We got to email our contact over at the Flyers who uh, has not <laughs> been giving us passes this season to say, hey, you know, we can win this game if you let Scott there. So right, exactly, exactly. Um, well, the big news, obviously, besides uh, like the day-to-day stuff or the day-to-day stuff was the big news. Obviously, like you said, they're on a five-game win streak or excuse me, point streak. Um, and it's a lot of kids playing. Uh, we saw the the emergence of Tyson Forrester, who just has a rocket of a shot. I mean, you saw it right off the bat. I don't know he didn't score his first goal in his first game with us, but like, it's just there's something there. And Torts praises it uh, night in and night out. It seems uh, where he just I think his like he just has something special, or he just you just love to have that kid play along alongside for your squad. So. A lot of high praise and the winning while if you are a 
advocate for the tank and trying to get the best player possible in the draft where you're going to land with a top eight pick, top nine pick, depending on how things go. Um, But I mean, this is this is encouraging to see for kids like Tyson Forrester and uh, Igor Zamula, who are now back down at the Phantoms uh, for their um, for the Phantoms playoff push. So I I'm annoyed by it, but I can't be that annoyed because it's it's youth that are driving driving this home, honestly, and Carter Hart, obviously, as well. Right. Look, I mean, he's got Tyson Forrester's got seven points in eight games, and I know he's back down now, but that's a really good start to an NHL career when you're almost a point per game player right out of the gate. You know, a little bit of his is a little bit of teams not having the book on you yet, and that's that's part of it. Um, you know, it's funny when I was at the game on Saturday, I talked to a, a gentleman behind me. Um, his name was Matt and he was actually from Toronto and him and I were talking about like, you know, some things like it's a little exciting to be down here and, and seeing the, you know, some of these players that are coming up that are look, that look really good. And Tyson Forrester is definitely one of them. You know, it, it's, it's good to see like players like Igor Zamula, like, even though they set him back down to it, like, you know, I noticed him around the ice a little bit too. And it was good to see, and, um, players are just playing with a little bit more, of an edge like not even and it's hard to explain because they're i don't think it, i don't think it's tough to i don't think it is tough i really don't i think it's the torts effect well and that's what i mean it's like it's tough to see some nights you know because they have to manufacture their scoring but like taste forster coming in here and like you know the play like they were had to manufacture some offense against uh against detroit and they played i thought they played a really good game against them but they they got caught down early with the penalties and then you just see them the way they killed them off was just great. They just, they played smart. They were blocking shots. Guys are really hustling to the puck. And I really like because their offensive game is starting to evolve quite a bit. It's that it's not just the younger guys. As a whole, they're being smarter with the puck. You see them cycle the perimeter a lot more. And they're looking for open lanes, but they're not hesitating. Like, there was a couple of plays where Tony D'Angelo had a chance to shoot, and he did. You know, there's one play where, you know, I saw a couple of plays where I saw Kiefer Bellows, like, had a chance to do something with it, and he, and he dumped it in, and I'm like, what are you doing? I, I get it was near the end of a shift and stuff, but, you know, he had ice to skate with, but a lot of these players, they're not thinking, overthinking the game anymore. They're really just going in, they're manufacturing offense, moving the puck around, spreading teams out, and generating offense, and... It, it's really good to see that this time of year because they're they're beating some guys, some teams that are really trying to push for the playoffs here. I mean, you know, when they Florida scored a minute into the game, and I'm thinking, oh, here we go. And then Carter Hart stood in his head. Like Carter Hart is beyond, you know, what I even seen him when I watched him two years ago. I mean, he's his stats don't show it. And you know, there was someone on Twitter, I think it was Antigrazio, who put out about like, you know, he's not up to you know where Steve Mason's numbers was like. You can't compare that because Steve Mason was an established NHL goalie when he came here. But I'm seeing something different out of Carter Hart. I'm seeing Carter Hart making saves that that normal normal goalies don't make. Like there was a couple really good technical saves against Florida that kept them in that one. Like they may not look like these windmill flashy glove saves, but these are solid hard pushes that he's getting a pad in front of a hard a, a good play that where there's no defense around and. Telling you, they look great. They, they, he's he's he should be the the team's MVP this year without question. And even in and when he does have to use that glove, he uses it quick and and snappy. Like it's not delayed. It's not. It doesn't look like. I think it was uh, two years ago when we were really questioning that glove side hand for him, trying to figure out what was wrong. 
And he's really improved that. And it's just kind of one of those things where, I mean, we're at the point now he's, he's gone way past his career games played. He's at 52. Now he's going to get a couple more, obviously here as the season winds down the lot, these last couple of weeks here. Um, and you have a good problem to have when you have a guy like Sam Erson waiting in the wings going, I'm going to push this guy and I think I should be starting. So you have you have several options here, as Torts said uh, earlier in the week or, uh, or late last week, uh, right after we released episode 146, was before we start adding players, we have to really start looking in and subtracting some. Now, that's an obvious statement on the face of it, like obviously because they're at the contract limit. You have to figure out what you want to do. But, like, that also has an underlying tone of, like, who's really worthy and in buying into my system at this point? And it's obvious who is he doesn't think is bought in. Like, he, we can talk about it until the cows come home. Kevin Hayes and all that. Like, fine, whatever. It's going to just be this thing that Danny Breyer has to figure out. And Carter Hart and others just answered the bell. And that's what Torts is seeing. And that's what people are trying to buy and uh, buy a system around, really. Like they don't want to buy into um, what it's been the last couple of seasons and try to see some hope. And that's what Torts is trying to provide. So when Carter Hart is not just surging past these career high numbers in terms of games played, but he's also maintaining a level of competitiveness that is everything you're looking for in a goalie especially a young one that Carter Hart's come a long way in his game just this season from what I've seen like it's hard to tell when the team isn't playing well and you're giving up a lot of goals it's hard it's it's easier to kind of pick apart a goalie then because it's part of the problem but with Carter Hart the last two games he's won them those games I've he won he, he won them yes the Flyers scored six goals yes they went up against Alex Lyon who didn't play a great game at all um with that line really played poorly um but Alex Nedeljkovic played really well on Saturday and, and Carter Hart just out to him. And like it, it, it was what I'm saying is that you talked about like where the glove, like, you know, like, you know, I talked about Korg way back in the day about the tracking puck tracking through the glove. Um, he, he's very sound positionally, but he's not getting beat under those arms anymore. As I'm saying, like they players are really trying to get him to move. You know, when you're shooting straight on him, it's hard. You got to pick over his shoulders and you have to try to get around them. Uh, and that's what you want. That's really what you want. You you want your, you know, the, the high danger chances that I'm seeing Carter Hart stop are really, really impressive. And that's that's why I think he's really starting to change this arc. And this whole, you know, and the gentleman I was talking to from Toronto, too, he brought up, you know, trade Carter Hart for Leon Dreisaitl. Like, would you do that in a heartbeat? I, yeah, at the time I said, yeah, I would. But now I'm thinking about it. And it's like, you know, you're building back out the front. Again, it comes back out to, with all the changes the Flyers are going through, Briere's got to really look at this and say, okay, I people are talking about a rebuild. Yes, but again, it's not a fire sale. How close is this team? I mean, and, and legitimately, let's not take a look at a five-game point streak and say, and say, oh, yeah, all the problems are going away. No, but you're you're beating teams down the stretch like this, and you're playing good hockey right now, and you're seeing the team really started to develop. Is Carter Hart a guy that is part of your future plans? You know, Sam Erson, Yes, he might. He's going to come up and he's going to push Carter Hart, but I would not be ready to give him the keys yet because he's only had seven games of NHL experience. So, but Carter Hart's at a point in his career where he could have a younger guy pushing him now. He really can. He doesn't need the veteran guy as much anymore because he is the veteran guy. So, you know, he may be young, but he's still a veteran. Um, 
Yeah, it's the Coots effect. Bingo. It's, it's the Coots effect that you had in 2012 when he was coming up here in, in as a 19-year-old kid that made a wave of things. He completely shut down Evgeny Malkin back in the playoffs, if you remember correctly. I'm sure you do, knowing 100%. your memory. So, like, <laughs> but, like, that that's the thing we've been looking for in a goalie for the better part of two decades. Uh, and now you have it. And now you kind of have this young other rookie in Sam Erson that could be like, hmm, could this kid be the guy in five years because of the trajectory of what we anticipate this team to be at this point? And is Carter Hart just kind of a trade value piece? That's really the question that Danny Briere is going to have to think about. And 100%. And you have to put it on the table because you have to find a way to clear that assets. I mean, look, I think that at the end of the season, you know, there's been rumors. Elliot Freeman's talked about it with, with getting with Hayes going to Columbus, you know, and reunite with Cadreau and stuff like that. Look, Kevin Hayes against Florida. I thought he had a really bad game. I just it it no it's no. Disrespect I think he's packing it Hayes. in, man. I, I, I no no. I disagree. I don't think he's packing in. I just don't think there's a fit here anymore because he's using him. Torch is using him on the wing, and he's a center, but he doesn't he doesn't play the center the way that Tortorella needs a center to play. So Tortorella is very demanding on a center, which is why like you know Noah Cates has developed really well. And I think that this team could take another step if Couturier comes back. And you'll you'll be able to see that even late in the season because there's a lot of demand on your centers. They got to play a two hundred foot game. You know, you start with your center. You know, them and your really your goaltenders are the two most important pieces on your ice. That honestly, that defense aside, like defense is probably third compared to that. Honestly, I know teams work back to the front, but your centers got to play that two hundred foot game because they are essentially the third defenseman. But anyway, I digress. What I'm trying to say is that. The, the the key the Flyers have to look at is that what is the next step here? Trade Kevin Hayes, clear up some cap space, okay? But then what do you do with that cap space? Are you are you gonna Carter Hart's due for an extension next year? Like he's gonna be up for an extension, so you got to decide within the next season is this team close enough to really start you know competing, not just competing or getting in or competing for a playoff spot, but being contending each season. I don't think they're that close yet, but are you making yourself any closer by removing Carter Hart from the equation? That's really the question it comes down to, because if you trade Carter Hart and give it to a guy like Sam Erson and put a veteran behind him, like, for instance, this is a hypothetical, and I, and I, I mentioned this once before. I'm just going to throw this out there. If you had a blockbuster deal in your hand, for instance, you're going to trade Carter Hart to Edmonton. Legitimately, I'm going to say this is legitimate. You're going to trade Carter Hart to Edmonton, okay? And you're going to pick up pieces back like Leon Dreisaitl, maybe Kyler Yamamoto, but you got to take on Jack Campbell's contract. Jack Campbell's having a horrific year out there. You might have to trade another piece to go with Carter Hart. But making point, if you get Jack Campbell and Sam Erson with Leon Dreisaitl and a player like Kyler Yamamoto who could probably you know give a little more speed to that, you know, the top six, is that making your team better without Carter Hart and other players? I think you're asking the wrong question. I don't think it's, is it you're making your, obviously I think your team becomes better in some aspect, whether like you can argue it this way or that way. The question really is, is it worth it for the rebuild of the flyers to do this kind of trade? That's the question. Is it worth it? Because do you take the chance of saying, we know what we have in Carter Hart. We're, very unsure like whether they want to believe it or not in Sam Erson like you're very unsure of what you have with him he's played well like you said but it's been seven games eight games whatever it is it's seven games yeah do you take the risk then and say okay 
We're going to have Leon Drysaddle get rid of Carter Hart, have this bad contract in, in Campbell. And then in two or three years, you got a guy that's sitting in Siberia right now, getting his freezing his ass off in Ivan Fedotov. Yeah. And say, hmm, could this be a dual, a, a tandem that we can try and push on each other? And here's the problem I have with that. I mean, you make a good point, but the thing is, is Fedotov even going to play hockey again after this? I mean, he's going to be back up to that level. I get your point, though. I get your 100% get your point. Like, you don't have enough depth in your goaltending system. You have, you have Hart, Urson, Sandstrom. And, and, Sandstrom and, the, and the drop-off between Urson and Sandstrom is, is, is pretty steep, if you ask me. Um, so that's my – the question – and you're right. The question is more or less what, what, what is the best move for the Flyers here going forward? And I, and I, 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 I'm going to sound crazy saying this. I don't, I don't think that's a question that you can really answer this offseason unless a team comes in here and just blows your socks off with some sort of offer on Carter Hart. I think he stays – and I think you, I think you keep them for as long as possible. Yeah, I don't think Carter Hart is the blockbuster trade that we're gonna see this season. Like, it's it, he's not gonna be a part. of it. This is all hypothetical. Like, hundred percent. I think I'm with you. Like, if if Edmonton for whatever reason calls and says, "Hey, we'll give you Drysital and uh, Campbell for Carter Hart and whatever pros- low low tier prospect," I think you say. Yes, nine times out of ten. Ten I, times out of ten. Hard. It's hard to say no. It's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's Leon Dreisaitl we're talking yeah. about here. Yeah. But yet again, we're also talking about the Flyers fans. Been, they've had a they've been needing a goaltender since Ron Hextall. Yes, but now we're now it's kind of reverse script. You're looking for that goal scorer. <laughs> We've been looking for a goal scorer now for the last three or four seasons, and you don't have one. But TK might be one. But Tyson Forrester might be one. Yeah. I think. I mean, I, I, I mean, if that's this, you might have your guy that you have. Owen Tippett has taken a yep. huge turn this I, year. I don't think this th- this was not on our script today to to talk about. Uh, if we're making predictions on what who is the shock, quote unquote, shocking trade, because I think everything's on the table at this point. Obviously, we're talking about Carter Hart tonight. Uh, Travis Konechny. I think he's the guy. I think he's the one that 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 shock doesn't shock a lot of people, but is the guy that like gets you the best value in return. I think I think he gets you the best value. It's very possible. It's very possible. I think that if you're gonna, y- yes, I I agree because he still has term, right? He still has I, term. I believe he does. Term, two years, three years, a six year, thirty three million dollar contract. I think it was what twenty nineteen. Yep. Uh, so six year, thirty three million dollar contract. He's UFA in twenty twenty five. So two seasons from now. So he's got two years left on his term, and he'll be twenty eight at that time. So he'll be. Lit UFA. Um, that's a very good possibility. Um, and here's here's where, and he's making five and a half million. The question would become how 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 much of an increase is he going to demand? So that that that's a, from that aspect, I understand completely. But if I'm making that move, I'm making that move not this season, but next season. Because here's why: the two reasons why. I think there's more prioritizing that you have to do right now. If I'm if I'm Danny Briere, which I'm not, I'm you know I'm much less handsome and, and I'm, I'm much <laughs> fatter. So um, not as bad hey, as a kid though. Not a bad not bad oh of a son. God. Though. Not Carson, to go on that topic. Carson Briere, dude, come on, dude, have a little more sense than that. Like I know your father didn't raise you like that. No disrespect. That's just not a. You, you don't do something like that. Stupid young people. You know, it's just it's some, I don't get kids nowadays. But I digress. Anywho, what a, and now I lost my train of thought. God damn it. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, it's fine. I wanted to move on anyway. If I'm, no, if I'm Danny Briere, I'm looking to do two, uh, two moves that are imperative this summer. 
one of them is trade Kevin Hayes, and the other one is trade Ivan Provorov. Because Ivan Provorov, because yes, he eats up a lot of minutes. Yes, defensemen are in, uh, in, 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 in demand. There's always been links with him with the Jets. But you know what? Get him off this goddamn team because he started a whole thing now with all these NHL team and their pride nights. He started this, and it's just – It's annoying. It's, it's ir- irking me to the core. And it, and that's not a reason why like you're going to get value for him. Trade Gavin Hayes. Trade that because then next season you can see, okay, you get Couturier back. You, if you get Cam Atkinson back, then you really have an idea of what the team is going to look like even with youth around it because you're refilled down the middle when you have strong goaltending. And I tell you what, this team could do something. Not damaging. I'm talk, talking about going on a final. But I'm telling you, this team would make a playoff push next year and really, really contend to be a playoff team. And and I'm probably knowing Torts probably even upset a team in a round if they got in there. So yeah, knowing as, that's what Torts is. He just wants to get you in and then just see what what, yeah, that's what happens. You, can do. You, you get in, you have a chance. You have you once you get in, you have a chance. Uh, one guy that will not be leaving the Flyers this season or next season, I should say. Excuse me, is Dave Scott. Uh, it was announced today earlier today that he will be stepping down as chairman of the Comcast Spectacor and governor of the Philadelphia Flyers. What that means for the team. Uh, we'll discuss that. But first, as always, this episode is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, the biggest tournament. Did you predict this final of final four teams? I mean, my goodness, my bracket. Scott, I don't know if you did a March Madness bracket this season. I have never been as bad as I did than this season. I'm in like the seventh percentile of brackets for the entire country on ESPN. Terrible, terrible season for me. I, 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 did, I did two. And in, in CBS, I am listed as um, in the men's bracket challenge, 367,466. <laughs> that so might be better and it than shows me. You my, it shows you my, my basketball knowledge. Yeah. But this weekend, you got the final four coming up, and you can get in on the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top top rated sportsbooks app sportsbook apps. Right now, new customers can bet just five dollars on any pregame money line and score one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets if your team wins. Plus, combine for a shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings will feature parlays. Will be featuring parlays and odds boost for all the tournament and all the weekend long for the Final Four. So be sure to check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day to see what's in store. I mean, Florida Atlantic, all these teams. My goodness, uh, going up against San Diego State, Miami, and UConn. UConn is always that team that sneaks in. We'll see how it goes. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up using pro- promo code THPN. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get on any pregame money line and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Those are in the show notes below on your podcast player. Scott. Dave Scott. I never put that in two to two together until this very moment. I don't you know why. you got to be kidding me. I swear to God, I don't know uh, why. Bill. Well, I also don't care about Dave Scott. Like he has, you know, he's enough money. Like it's finally time. He finally left uh, or will be leaving the Comcast Spectacor. And this, this was anticipated. I mean, we've been talking about this on the podcast, really, even before Fletcher was let go by Dave Scott. Um, It it was kind of like his last faux pas or his last faux pas, last his, his last uh, act 
as as governor is going behind the back of as we talked about last week of, of the three the three henchmen in the the tenured flyers and saying yep i'm gonna fly, fire chuck fletcher and i'm gonna step down at the end of the season um your initial thoughts like obviously i think we both feel like this is the right move um but now dan hilferty is going to be stepping in so uh who's i think he said a diehard flyers fan i don't like a cool like th- that's a good thing i guess um but your initial thoughts good changes are necessary obviously since dave scott took over in 2013 as president of comcast spectacore it's been a mediocre 10-year run you've won one playoff round um and you've made some questionable moves and i get uh you know mr snyder passing during that time is a difficult thing um but they just new leadership at this point is is necessary it really is and the fact that this is happening it's you know, it, I, I, I don't, and it's a shame, like, and it's not any shade against Dave Scott specifically. I don't know the man, but you, you know, looking at the job that was happened. That I feel did. like one of his first things was signing off on, on gritty. Maybe like I, if the timing is like the debut of gritty just shocked all of us. And I one, I mean, I, I, I've been not anti gritty, but like his, when the team sucks, gritty's stick wears on you. And I'm wondering if Dan Hilferty is going to do something about that, whether that's t- center in the way of slap shot back in the eighties <laughs> or whatever. Well, listen, that- I, I look, I look at it this way. I look at it this way. It, you know, a guy who came from Comcast cable, you know, if since, you know, the, how much of a mess that company can be when you try to call in and, and get things done, it doesn't surprise me. The flyers are in a mess. Let me just put it that way. I, I can't be any more blunt than that. So, I mean, Listen, it you know if you have a chance to walk away from it now and and you know do that and and and, and have somebody else come in and, and give their shot at it. Ten years, look, ten years and nothing has changed. You, you can't get into Norman Brayman mode. God knows you don't want to get to Dan Snyder mode. Uh, so I think the only thing they really can do at this point is just say, "Hey, time to move on." Thanks for what you've done. I mean, given it is a, probably a really hard job to do something like this and run a professional sports franchise, I won't disagree with that, but. You know, let someone come in here and take the reins and see what can happen. Yeah, and it's funny, too, like uh, what we were told was Dave Scott was just like, I'm just going to let whoever does it uh, like whoever. I'm not a hockey guy. Let the hockey guys figure out what they're going to do. And even when he did do that, he still had to mendel in because of how uh, or get his hands dirty with it because Chuck Fletcher had no idea what he was doing. And uh, like it's one of those things where. I do appreciate that he stepped in when he absolutely had to, but he did a, because he wasn't a hockey guy in any sense of the word, he didn't even hire the right people. Like that was, that was the other problem. Like just not being able to identify the right talent to surround the organization with, to build the franchise correctly, kind of just stuck you in this limbo state for the better part of 10 years. I mean, it's been more than that, honestly, excluding 2010, but like, it's one of those things where you, keep doing the same thing over and over again, you're going to be called insane at some point. And you're going to be like, Oh shit. Uh, I've reached that point of insanity. So uh, I guess Dan Hilferty is going to be a good choice. Again, jury's out. We'll see what happens. Um, Actually speak 1st. louder than words. They have to, they have to find a way to get the fans to buy back in. I, I think they're starting to, but you know, it's, it's only winning is going to cure this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Only winning. will. Which is funny too, because it is very tough. You, you were at the game 
uh, the last couple of games, you were at two games this past uh, between recordings, and I've been at uh, one prior to it. And it's tough to just sit there, even for my jaded self, like that wants to see the Flyers lose as much as possible this particular season. Once you're in the building, it's tough not to root for the Flyers, even with, like in your, your, your typical uh, just atmosphere surrounded by Flyers fans. And you're just like, OK. Uh, I guess I'm rooting for the. It's tough not to root for them, is what I'm saying. 100 percent agreed. They're still they're still a team you root for. They're still a team you like. It's 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 hard. Like you don't want to go down and see them lose. I mean, granted, like you know where I was sitting at on Saturday. Um, you look around, like there was a lot of seats in the row behind me, in the row behind that, and in the row in front of me. And you know, the arena I would say about maybe. 50%, 60% full. I mean, it, it wasn't, it wasn't, there's still not a lot of people coming down, especially on a Sunday, a Saturday matinee. You'd think that people want to go out and watch the game and stuff, but you know, even though it was pouring rain outside and there's nothing else better to do, you know, people still aren't going out and seeing it, but you, you still, it's still a great environment when you are down there though. People still cheer. People still get happy. People still high five. You chat with people behind you. It's, it's still a great atmosphere. Yeah, it is. I think the, also the price point is always the tough hurdle for a lot of people. Like it's not cheap to go to these games. Uh, no, but you can find really good deals on the secondary market. I'm not going to lie. We got four tickets for a really good price, and they were row two in the 200 level. So you're, you're, you have great seats there. So, I mean, and it's really funny when you mentioned that, too, because, like, the upper bowl, the upper ends, like, the ladder, you're like, so they're all full. Like, and you get lower, there's a lot of emptier seats. There was one section that you were level. There was, like, six or eight people in it. Like, and the top three rows were completely empty at the top of the 100 level. And I'm thinking, you know, that's not, that's not. That's that. That's not the way it should be. Like you know, people should be able to scoop those tickets up for something. You know what I mean? If you were if you were selling tickets, you'd probably want to at least get something out of it. You know what I mean? Not let it go to waste. I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. The one of the final things I had tonight. I mean, I know you wanted to talk about it. I I knew this was going to happen. Like once one pebble rolls off the cliff, the rest start to follow. Um, we had the controversy a couple months back. What was it in February, January? Uh, with with Ivan Provorov just deciding not to participate in Pride Night, which was just uh, allegedly too. That was I don't know if you read reports. It was one of the uh, defining moments for Chuck Fletcher because it was obviously there was a disconnect between yeah, hockey operations yeah. and ownership. Yeah, and because Chuck didn't tell ownership that Ivan was not going to be uh, participating, that it rubbed them really the wrong way, and he never told them. Um, now it's kind of just become a thing everywhere. And this is every team, it seems, is, is issuing a statement. Brian Burke is now really like laying down the hammer. Like, good for him. Um, I'm tired of this, man. Like, I, I really am. Like, I, I'm just like, can we just enjoy, like, imagine, I don't know. Like, just, oh, good for, the, good for Ivan to standing up for what he believes in. Okay, let him sit. Let someone sit. I hope someone sits out on military appreciation night. You know what, Bill? I'm glad you brought that up. Because that was exactly my mindset earlier today. Because I knew we were going to talk about this. And there's probably a lot of people out there probably like, oh, here we go. Another rant by some stupid liberal or whatever. No, this is not political. This is not a political statement I'm about to make. It's not being discussed nearly enough what this is about. Frankly, I am sick and tired. I'm absolutely sick and tired of people using the Bible as an excuse to not wear a fucking hockey jersey. And that's what it comes down to. It's complete bullshit. It's unacceptable. It's wrong. 
basically what you're saying when you do that to fans is that if you celebrate Pride Night, you're not welcome here. And Brian Burke hits this absolutely nailed it on the head with this statement. And Berkey, I have to ask you, as the league's really most outspoken LGBTQ plus advocate, uh, there have been a few things lately that give one pause for thought. Ivan Provorov uh, not wearing his pride jersey, and then both New York teams opting out of wearing pride jerseys during their pride nights. Um, I guess I will flip it around and say, instead of, is it disappointing? Because yes. Yes. Um, what does give you hope in this league? Well, I, this sounds like a cliche, but I think back to when my son came out. And life is so much better than it was even those 12 years ago. And life is so much better for my son when he came out from when I was in high school. So I look at the progress that's been made. Was it disappointing? Yes. Do I understand it? No, I don't understand how one issue has anything to do with the fact that you're not signing up for anything. If you're wearing a pride sweater, you're saying you're welcome here. That's all you're saying. You're not signing up for any newsletter. You're not signing up to join any union. You're signing up to say everyone here is welcome. So I don't get it. And it is annoying. But I focus instead on how far we've come and we'll keep going the right way. And that's absolutely right. Like, it could not have been spent, said better by anybody else. Brian Burke has been a, you know, his son Brendan is the one that passed away who came out. And he's been a proponent of this for years. And he's right. They have gotten better. The fact that the NHL is celebrating Pride Night is great. But what drives me up a wall, Bill, and really this is what the problem that I have with it, it, it does, it's not the fact that it's just Pride Night. It's, it's not the point. The point is, is that as NHL players, these people who, regardless of what lifestyle they live, give your and your organization money to come watch you play a game for a living where you earn millions of dollars. And then you want to be like the Stahl brothers. And the Stahl brothers come out and say this, after many thoughts, prayers, and discussions, we have chosen not to wear a pride jersey tonight. We carry no judgment on how people choose to live their lives and believe that all people should be welcome in all aspects of the game of hockey. Having said that, we feel that by us wearing a pride jersey, it goes against our Christian beliefs. We hope you can respect this statement. We will not be speaking any further on this matter and would like to continue to focus on the game and helping Florida Panthers win the Stanley Cup. Eric and Mark Stahl. Now, if I'm not mistaken, Eric Stahl, you wore a Pride Night jersey two seasons ago. You so did Proverov. Yeah, or that's my point. It was a stick. It was a stick or whatever. It doesn't, it, and it still, doesn't matter. You, you still yeah. did something to show that these people are welcome. Regardless of what lifestyle you have, or what lifestyle you live, it's it's completely arrogant to use Christian beliefs as an excuse to not put on a jersey to show that people are welcome to the game. This is the whole NHL slogan, if you can play, you can play. You know, at first, I was defending Ivan Provorov's decision in a sense, saying, you know what, he does have a choice. He's absolutely right. You know what? No. The NHL has to do something where they put a stop to this and say, you know what? Because, Bill, you made a point. What if somebody backlashed against hockey fights cancer when they wear the purple jerseys? What if somebody fights back during military appreciation night? What if they fight back on some other causes the NHL is trying to do? Or anything from that nature. But as soon as you have a rainbow on your jersey, you don't want to put it on? 
you're just a piece of shit. So like James Reimer said the same thing, you know, reading the Bible and all that stuff. There's nothing in the Bible about homosexuality. And if you are a true Christian, Jesus actually respected and believed anybody and forgave everybody, you would do the same way. So they're goddamn hypocrites. It's absolutely sickening. And I'm sick and tired of NHL players using religious reasons as a fucking excuse to discriminate against a certain class of people. It is completely unacceptable. It should not be tolerated. And it's absolutely sickening how instead of everybody focusing on that teams are doing a pride night, it's these people taking the spotlight away from a good cause. Oh, yeah. That's the biggest thing that annoys the hell out of me because they say we don't want to draw attention to ourselves. Well, you did, man. You absolutely did. And yet you have these organizations like the Canucks, the, the Florida Panthers, the Flyers going into PR nightmare mode because they don't want to deal with this bullshit. They absolutely don't. And it's but, uh, sadly, it's it, the what people will say is, okay, well, just get rid of Pride Night. Okay, then get rid of every night then. Yeah. There's no more promotional night. nights. You're going to get one, you get rid of all. No, you don't get rid of Pride Night. I'm sorry, you yeah, don't. Absolutely not. You don't. Because you know why? Actually, I have a towel from the Sixers from Pride Night. I didn't see anybody standing up and giving any problems when they celebrated Pride Night. The whole point is it's about inviting people in and saying you are welcome here it's he, brian brooks you're not signing up for anything you're not you're not saying you can have your opinions on it but as an organization and as a player that has a platform and is representing something on a, on, the, on the national stage you should you really should just shut the fuck up and put on the goddamn jersey because you know what again like i mentioned last time what is it to some kid some younger person who Ivan Provorov is their favorite player and they are wanting to come out and tell their parents and tell them about, you know, how they, how they, how they feel. And if it's something where they're, you know, their, 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 their orientation or whatever, you know, whatever it is. They, and, and if Ivan Provorov is their favorite player and, and all of a sudden, oh wait, my favorite hockey player, I shouldn't probably say something to my parents because it's going to, you know, it's probably not, it's making people uncomfortable. It, it's not right. It's, it, it's, it's not right. And yes, we have come a long way. And the fact that the NHL does pride nights is a great thing, but it's just, it's sad that the fact that all the spotlight gets taken away and teams are even doing it at all because some players are, are against it, which just makes me, it, it, it's, it's, it's sad. It's just absolutely sad that some people are just so of a simple mind frame that they don't realize that all you're doing is saying, you're welcome in here. You're welcome in here because if you were true Christians and you really truly had Christian beliefs, you would accept everybody in. But you're just a hypocrite and you're just using an excuse so you can be a bigot, plain and simple. Yeah, that's all it is. I, I totally agree. I couldn't have said it better myself, honestly. Um, I want to end on a good note. Um, and I think some people will not think this is a good note uh, or at least the way they read it. Um, Cutter Gauthier sticking down in Boston College the, for his sophomore season. Um, I anticipated him to actually uh, sign his ELC as soon as their season ended. Um, but good for this kid. Basically, he's just like, I'm not. I don't think I'm good enough yet, and I'm going to go back. Now it it does get hairy. I mean, I the NHL draft entry level draft is so weird. If I'm not mistaken, and maybe you can't remember this off the top of your head. If on the off chance he stays all four seasons, he's legally allowed to re-enter the draft and not be a flyer, right? 
If I'm, um, I, I feel like that's the a rules rule. on that. If he goes unsigned, I think did he did he ink his did he ink his uh? Oh, that his, might uh, be it. That might be the difference. I don't. I think know. the flyer the flyers still have his rights. So I mean, yeah, as, as far as that goes. But you know what? Honestly, let him go back. Like let him. Like don't put the pressure on the kid. And the fact if they were cutting on him to come up next season, great. But the fact he's staying back another season, let him stay back. Yeah, let him dominate the NCAA's. Let him win a Frozen Four. And if, if he can win one uh, and just go from there, like, you, especially because what do you have to prove for a, a crappy, like a, a, a an unknown? I shouldn't say crappy because we don't know what the Flyers will be next season, obviously. But like, we don't know what the, because we don't know what the Flyers will be next year. Let him do his thing. Let him dominate at the Boston College level, at the NCAA level, and just come back up for the 2024, 2025 season and dominate. If he even wants to come up that far. Like it, 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 it yeah, let him dominate do the that. phantoms at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'm fine with it. Now there's no, there's no, there's no risk. I mean, he, he, I mean, that I think it's still what, 2026 that he has the right still. So even if he goes back for another couple of years, the Flyers have a couple of years left on this. Yeah. Totally fine with it. All right. That is going to do it. Episode 147 of Orange and Backshack. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcast or wherever you get your listen to Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, all that good stuff. Rate us five stars if you would. Orangeandbackcheck at gmail.com if you want to join in on the conversation. At Orange and Backcheck on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. TikTok as well. Make sure you follow there. Until next time, we'll see you. Hey everybody, Scott got uh-huh. scored on by his friend. Uh-huh. He doesn't know how to stop that, people. Let's not talk about that. <laughs>